Well, I don't know about you, but as for me, as we go through these scriptures and go through this whole subject of, of an intercessor and God looking for a man to stand in the gap, to build up a wall, that he might not break forth upon the people, that has encouraged me. It has stirred me up for prayer, and I hope it's stirring you up for prayer also. We're going to look at today a little bit of uh, why it is a part of Jesus' ministry. I think sometimes um, as Christians, we, we awaken to the what's right. We awaken to righteousness. We awaken to the other kingdom that's at work in the earth. And then we immediately start judging other people because they're not walking in what we've discovered. And um, to keep our, our, our sight set on the fact that God is the person that we are following, the ministry that we are following after, Jesus, is the part of the mercies of God. Jesus came to bring the mercies of God, and he will return at some point and bring and execute the judgments of God. But right now, our job is to uh, bring forth the merciful God. And so um, let's look at John chapter 3, verse 16 through 18 because that's a famous scripture, but I've never seen it the same way as I have recently um, in John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He believe, he that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So the condemnation, the judgment is already on somebody if they're not a believer. And they don't need more judgment piled on top of them. They need an intercessor. They need someone to stand in the gap and, and help deliver them. Uh, that was John three sixteen through 18. And then over on verse 36 in John 3, it says, he that believeth on the Son has everlasting life. He that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So you can see that the unsaved world, they're already under a curse. The wrath of God is already on them, and they need someone to help rescue them. They don't need, um, they, they don't need another judgment placed on them. And uh, I remember the Lord telling me through the years, uh, they don't need a judge. They need an intercessor. So uh, that's that's what we're here to do. Because look, it says, for one thing, God so loved the world. The word for world there is cosmos, and it has to do with orderly arrangement. So we're not only talking about souls of men, but, but we, are, we are talking about souls of men, but that's not the only thing that he's talking about in this scripture. He's talking about the uh, creation, the orderly arrangement of his creation, the harmony of his whole universe. And he so loved his harmony in creation that he gave his only begotten son to bring it back into order. Because in the fall of man in the garden, that fall, if you stop and think about how far we had to fall to leave heaven and fall like that, and, and the... Um, the cataclysmic effect that it had on us, spirit, soul, and body. I think, I feel like God shared with me one time, you, you don't have any idea the damage the fall did to mankind 
And he, know, he knows the damage that was done to mankind in that fall. And we, we don't understand it, but he understands it, he appreciates it, and he gives place for that. He, he gives us a break. In the, sometimes we're harder on ourselves certainly than he is. And so uh, he so loved his orderly arrangement. He so loved the fact that man was a spirit, had a soul, lived in a body, and was led by his spirit. And that was the orderly arrangement of, the, of God in mankind in the beginning. He so loved that that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not, not his son into the world, into this chaos or this order, orderly arrangement, to condemn it. He didn't send Jesus here to judge us yet. Now, there will be a judgment day, uh, but we are, we are blessed to have opportunity to hear how to get ready for that day. And that's kind of what we're talking about here. For people that aren't hearing, we can stand in the gap and, you know, we're not, we're not an excuse for them to get by with something. Everybody's going to be held accountable before God for the Lord Jesus Christ and what we do with him. But we are, we are being given a space of time. It's like, um, I don't know, think of a parent with children. Uh, it's, it's not good that you say, well, if you do that one more time now, it's not that kind of a deal. But he is wooing us back to himself. And an intercessor comes in and listens to the Holy Ghost and is a voice in the earth to listen to the Spirit of Heaven and and give this person. Sometimes, you know, things happen in our past and strongholds come in and they, they are there for a protection. Uh, if you have a trauma to your body, your body goes into shock and it's there for protection. But you don't want to live in that shock all the time. And so... The thing is, you don't want these strongholds. They they came to help you through a trauma time, and they were they were good for the moment. But now it's once you come in to know the Lord, it's time to pull down those strongholds. And sometimes they are keeping you from growing in Christ. And so that's uh, what are even coming to Christ. I was just looking at the scripture this morning. Let me see. It was in Proverbs five. I thought I had marked it. Proverbs 5, 20, 20 through 22, and it says, For the ways of man are before the eyes of the Lord, and he ponders all his goings. His own iniquities shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with the cords of his sin. So, uh, And he shall die without instruction, and in the greatness of his folly he shall go astray. So some people are being held and they're, they're in bondage to the cords of sin and um, they, they, they hear, but they can't hear. You know, they're dull of hearing. And so they hear, but they can't hear and respond. They're almost paralyzed to respond. And so an intercessor comes along, offers themselves to the Holy Spirit to, to use me, Lord, and, and flow through me to set this person free. I was reminded just this morning in Psalms 2, uh, verse, anyways, in Psalms 2, ask of me and I'll give you the heathen, he says. Ask of me and I'll give you the heathen. God has put so much um, authority in his church and he wants us to ask for these souls to be to, to come into the kingdom and he wants us to take the time to ask him how do how do you want to pray for this person lord 
How do you want to pray for them? You know what they need. You know if they where they need to be unhooked so they can respond to you. Now, if someone gives a focused prayer like that for a person and they refuse to receive it, well then, you know, that's between them and God. But our our job is to do is to focus the prayer. And uh so knowing that people can be held in bondage I don't know if I've told you the story of Raymond. Did I tell the story of Raymond? I can't, couldn't remember if I told it. I have been intended to tell it. But Raymond is a, is a man that was in a nursing home. We had a young man here at the church that worked on staff with us, and he would go on Thursday nights to the nursing homes to visit and, and lead people to the Lord. He was very evangelistic in his thinking. And so he came by. We had Thursday night prayer in the prayer room, and so he came by one Thursday night after he'd been over there, and he said, could would y'all please pray for Raymond? He said, this is a man that I go to visit every Thursday night, but he won't let me in the room. He, he doesn't want anything to do with me. He won't, he won't talk to me at all. So I can't, I can't minister to him. And so we set about right then that night praying for Raymond. And I remember um, uh, just on my face on the floor, you know, just concentrating. And this is a big part of the prayer is, concentrating on Raymond, concentrating at standing before the throne of grace, the throne of God with Raymond, with your arm around Raymond, if you will, saying, Lord, help us. How do you pray for Raymond? And so um, I uh, all of a sudden had an image in my, in my being, in, in my mind, and I saw this man with a rope tied around his waist, and he was being pulled over a cliff. And he was just a short distance. Raymond was 96 years old. So he was a very short distance from the edge of that cliff. And uh, I saw him getting being pulled closer and closer to the edge of that cliff. So as I saw that, I told everybody what I saw. And so we took our tools, the blood of Jesus, the name of Jesus, and the word of God. And we took our tools and we, in the name of Jesus, what did the blood do? It severed and separated man from his sin. It took the sin of man upon himself, Jesus did. So we took the blood of the lamb and the name of Jesus and like, like an ax, just severed that cord that was around Raymond's waist and set him free. And so we did our part. Well, we didn't know for sure what all that meant, but we did our part. Do you know within three weeks, uh, Mark came back in one Thursday night and said, Raymond got saved tonight. And within six months, Raymond went to be with Jesus. So that, that was such an exciting thing to know that you could participate in someone's destiny to that degree. And we have a helper in the Holy Spirit. I want to go back to John three sixteen though, and, and reiterate that, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whosoever believes on him. See what happens when you come in for Raymond with Raymond when we come in for his sake, what happened there was Raymond wasn't believing and the curse uh, and, and the wrath of God was resting on him. And, and he, he was, I'm sure, hardened by that. Uh, the curse will make you heart of heart because you just put up with so much stuff that's part of the curse and not a part of the love of God. And so um, we stood by Raymond and presented him to the Lord and st stood in faith for him, and and uh, and then the Holy Spirit showed us what to do. 
So, you know, we're not in this alone. We have a helper. We have a helper too. We're, we're being a helper to somebody else, but we have a helper to be a helper, if you will. So uh, just know that when another thing to, to gain from these scriptures is that he sent not his son into the world to condemn the world. So many times, and I've been guilty of this actually, um, I remember I used to do the altar ministry at the church we went to before West Houston was started. And um, people would come up to the altar and they would, you know, want, they would want certain things from the Lord. And I was confounded because I, I had grown enough in Christ to know that there's a walk of righteousness that you have to fulfill to really get your prayers uh, more powerful than, than they would be. I mean, God's a merciful God, but if you know and you're not doing, it really hinders your prayer life. And so people would come in and I, and I finally started saying, Lord, I don't know where they're coming from. They, they, they have financial problems. Do they tithe? Do they give? I don't know where they're coming from. And he just said, Mary Jean, that's why you're here. You don't know where they're coming from. I know where you're coming from. You have a walk before me. You and I have a relationship and I'm borrowing from our relationship for that person because they need help. And so that's kind of what, what we do. We stand in the gap and build up a wall. And you know what happens when you build up that wall? Now there's a protected place for the Holy Spirit to deal with that person. He'll deal with them in the night seasons while they're, they're asleep and their soul is asleep and the pride of life is not in the way. And then he goes in there and, and he can, and he can, if you want to say massage, he massages their soul so that they can hear, so it can soften their soul a bit. So they, they're not so hard against the things of God and against righteousness. And the devil tends to, um, it's, it's kind of like he, maybe if you're at the dentist, you get a little laughing gas. He goes in and he, and he gives a, a sedative in the night season so that the Holy Spirit's work can go on. So um, we have a helper. And in John, uh, what was it, 16? In John 15, 26, it says, But when the Comforter is come, the Comforter, and in the Amplified Bible it says, The Counselor the helper, the advocate, the intercessor, the strengthener stand and stand by. When he comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes proceeds from the Father. He himself will testify regarding me. But you will also testify and be my witnesses because you have been with me from the beginning, he said. So just think we have a comforter, a counselor, a helper, an advocate, that's a, someone that stands up in court for you. That's what we're, that's the robe of righteousness that we're putting on to go in. And when we ask of me and I'll give you the heathen, when we're standing before God. Now, remember when we started this, uh, we, we wrote down people we want to pray for. We wrote down our household. And uh, sometimes we think if they have to be totally unsaved and off on drugs somewhere to, to warrant this. No, no, no. They could be pastoring a church. But the next step in their walk with God, the, 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 the next, the next uh, level of depth with the Holy Ghost that they need, you're praying for that. That the eyes of our hearts be open. Um, one morning in, in our church, we had a, you know, we had a word from the 
from the Lord. And the word was this, I am visiting the dark side of your souls. And I thought, wow, you know, we all have a dark side of our soul. We all have a place that we we're blind in. We all have a, a weakness that we don't know what to do with. We all have some place that we need prayer. And it doesn't matter. You could be doing the greatest job in the world and, and uh, walking in righteousness and reading your Bible every day and praying like you're supposed to. But you still need prayer. I remember one time I, and I'll close with this. One time I was... Uh, listening to the radio and they were taking in prayer requests. It was a Christian station. And, and I just thought, I said, well, Lord, I, I, I know I must need prayer somewhere, but I, I feel like I'm all my needs are met right now. And I didn't have any uh, prayer that I could think of right then. But I said, I, I know I'm a human being in earth, so I know I must have some place where I need prayer. And he said, uh, you need prayer for upside down pride. And I said, upside down pride, what is that? And he, I felt like he made me aware that you can either be proudful and think you don't need anybody, that you've got this handled. And so God can't get in there. He can't work with you there. Or you can be so, um, have such a, a low esteem about yourself that you that you think that God could never use you and he can't because of your attitude there. So that was the upside down pride. You think of pride, you think of a puffed up person that thinks highly, more highly of themselves than they ought. But then there's the low esteem person that God can't work with because they just can't believe that he can work with them. And that's called an upside down pride. So I just pray today that if any of us have a dark side of our soul that we need help on, that we're not aware of, we have a helper. We have an intercessor. We have an intercessor, an advocate, a standby, a helper. And then as we grow in that, we can be a helper and a standby and an intercessor for someone else. But make sure you got your, your household, write them down, uh, just name it your household. Find that person, target that person that's really hardcore. You know, you just think like a Raymond. There's no way, there's no way they're going to receive the gospel. Yes, there's a way. And the Holy Spirit knows what it is. Next time we meet, we'll talk more about him and look into some things with him. God bless you. See you next time. Amen. What a great teaching. You know, Mary Jean's teaching from her book, Woman Imagine. Years ago when Mary Jean was asking the Lord what her position was in the kingdom of God, he revealed to her the woman's purpose, position, and power. And she's written two books, Woman Imagines being the latest one. And they're great for a daily devotional or for a small ladies group. But if you'd like to get these, the address is on the bottom of the screen. I know there'll be a blessing to you. <music>